Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to remind you, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, I encourage you to do so so you never miss an episode. You can subscribe with your favorite podcast software, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month, and I want to thank Eugene for becoming our latest Patreon supporter at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Eugene. Now it's time for this week's episode of Philo Vance, and I have to warn that the audio quality is uh, not the best on this one, uh, but uh, it's bad in, I guess, a different way than uh, previous episodes that have had audio quality issues. We seem to be going through a rough patch here with these. After a lot of improvements in the first half of the series. So, again, sorry about this rough patch, but it's the best quality we have. The original air date on this one is October the 17th, 1949, and the title is The Meeker Murder Case. Yes? Mr. Vance, there's a man here to see you. He hasn't an appointment, but he says it's important. Thank you, Miss Medley. Miss Deering there? No, sir. She's out to lunch. Tell her I'd like to see her when she returns, please. And ask the gentleman to come in, will you? Yes, sir. Go right in, please. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, Mr. Vance? Sit down, please. I'd rather stand. Mr. Vance, what I'm going to tell you is perhaps the most unusual thing you've ever heard in your life. It's only fair to warn you there have been a lot of unusual things in my life. I know. That's why I came to you. You're supposed to be the best private investigator in the country. Now, look at this. Do you know what this is I'm holding in my hand? I think so. It's the torn half of a dollar bill. Yes, but it represents my happiness, my security, and possibly my life. Just that half of a dollar bill? Yes, well, we really have inflation, haven't we? Don't joke, Vance. This is vital. This half isn't important. But the other half is. How important? It's important enough for me to pay $10,000 with the other half of this dollar bill. Everybody remain in the outer office. I'll go to the private office with you, Heath. All right, D.A. All right, everybody. Show's over. We'll let you know when we want you. This way, D.A. Right in here. Right, Heath. Now, the body was found right next to his desk. He'd been stabbed, so there was no noise, no nothing. 
fellow named Worth found the body. He works here. He was in line for the big guy's job. Found out quite a bit in so short a time, Sergeant Heath. Hmm. I bet your friend Vance couldn't have found out any more. Look, T.A., here's the whole setup. This dead guy, John Meeker, he owned the company. Now, practically while he was getting killed, his wife was on the way here from the reception room. She came in while this guy, Worth, was bending over the body. Worth denies he killed Meeker, of course. Who knows what he denies? He beat it right away. Wife told us all this. It seems to me the first thing to do is pick up Worth, and that might be difficult. I've got a call out for him now. Come on in. Now, what do you want? I thought perhaps you might want to talk to me. I am... Nobody cares who you are. Go on back with the others. We'll get to you. But I'm the... I don't care who you are, I said. Go on back. Very well. Just a moment. Uh, who are you? My name is Worth. David Worth. Okay, so it's Worth. Beat it until we... Worth! You're Worth? Yes, I found Mr. Meeker's body. <laughs> Come in and sit down, Mr. Worth, please. I'm District Attorney Markham, and I want to talk to you. First, I want to make a phone call. Who are you calling, D.A.? Hello, Vance. You can call him if you like, Mr. Markham, but I think I ought to tell you this. I just came from seeing Vance. <laughs> Coming. Coming. Helen. What the... Come in quick before anyone sees you here. Well, what was the hurry, Jeff? You practically dragged me through the door. Do you realize what would happen if the police found you, the widow of my boss, at my door? Oh, stop getting dramatic. They might think something they knew, but they don't know. And I made sure I wasn't followed. Now, be a nice boy. Invite me to sit down and act as if you're glad I came. I am glad you know that. But with your husband dead... Murdered. Oh, that isn't going to make any difference to us. You and I will wait a respectable amount of time, and then we'll get married. Oh, what a relief it's going to be to be married to somebody my own age. I know, Helen. It must have been awful. Nonsense. It wasn't so bad. I enjoyed myself a great deal with my late mate. I was just a little too old, that's all. Now, um, what I want to know is this, Jeff. Did you see Worth before you left the office tonight? The district attorney and Sergeant Heath were questioning him when I left. He's it for sure, Helen. I'll get him for killing your husband. Maybe they will. What does that mean? It means that he's a logical suspect. When I came into John's office, I found Worth bending over the body. He had a motive. He mm. takes over the business. Mm. His fingerprints might even be on the knife. He probably handled it. And we have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to worry about. Helen. Oh, well, uh, you haven't either, as long as you behave yourself. And remember that I have the other half of that one dollar bill. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the possibility of my sending you to the electric chair any time I feel like Now, stop that talk and give me that bill. Now, give it to me or I... Stop that, you fool. Jeff, you're choking me. torn half of the bill. I want it. You're going to give it to me. Tell me where it is or I'll... Jeff, darling, stop. Please stop hurting me. I'm sorry. I didn't realize what I was doing. Don't, Jeff. Jeff, kiss me. Oh, when I was a kid and I hurt my hand, my mother used to kiss it and make it well. Jeff, kiss me. I must have been out of my mind. Ellen, Ellen, darling. Again, Jeff. Hasn't hurt anymore, but kiss me again. Mr. Vance, aren't you? Yes, I am. You are the Meeker Company receptionist. Yes, I am. 
Mr. Markham said he was sorry, but he couldn't wait for you here. He told me to tell you that as you requested, he allowed everyone suspected in the killing of Mr. Meeker to remain at liberty, temporarily. Thank you, miss. Uh, which office was Mr. Meeker's? Oh, straight down the corridor and turn right. Want me to show it to you? No, thank you. I imagine this was Mr. Meeker. Oh, that picture on the wall? Yeah, that was the boss. Quite a guy. Hmm, this photograph shows him in his shirt sleeves. That's the way he always worked. Coat off, sleeves up, fountain pen and pencil in his right-hand trouser pocket, no tie. He is a good guy, Mr. Vance. I don't doubt it. Tell me a little about this place. Uh, who worked here? Well, he's just the boss and his two assistants. One was Mr. Worth and the other Jeff Hallahan. Those are their pictures. I know Mr. Worth. He's been down to see me. He takes over the firm, I understand. I guess, yes. He was Mr. Meeker's right hand. Mm, I wonder whose right hand it was that held the murder knife. I know you were up at the Meeker offices, Vance. What'd you find out? Nothing, Markham. Nothing that would make me understand why a half of a one-dollar bill should be valued at $10,000 by our Mr. Worth. Sergeant Heath is certain he's the killer. Claims that Worth had just finished killing Meeker when Mrs. Meeker came into the office. She practically caught him at it. So I understand. But it doesn't explain why the missing half of the torn bill is so valuable. No, it doesn't. Have you seen Mrs. Meeker yet, Vance? No, I want to see my client first. You know, there's an old expression that money talks. I wonder what that torn half of a dollar bill has to say. Worth, we've driven around for an hour, and I've brought you back home, and I still haven't found the reason you want that other half of the bill. Now, wait a minute. Suppose I... you tell me where you got the first half. Suppose I don't. That's a supposition I anticipated, believe me. How can I get the missing half if you won't tell me anything about it? Anything I tell you will get me into this killing deeper than I am now. That's quite an assignment. You're in pretty deep, you know. Well, you'd better sleep on it tonight and call me first thing in the morning. Okay. Night. If I change my mind, I... Oh, Vance. Uh, yes? Say, I just happened to think of something. You know who could... Worth! I'm all right. It missed me. The flash came from that direction. Come on. I'm right with you. We're heading right into a mess of shrubbery. Whoever took that shot at you is safely hidden, I'm afraid. Uh, back your car up and shoot the spotlight in here. I'll find whoever it is. I doubt that. I'm fairly certain whoever shot at you is far away by now. It seems to me you ought to start talking, Mr. Worth. Well, just who do you think it was that shot at me? I think it was Mr. Meeker's killer. I think he's under the impression you might have seen him and were about to tell me who he is. Well, maybe you're right. Well, Mr. Worth, I'm waiting. I don't know. I'm not sure. If I knew, I'd tell you, Vance. I'm in this thing so deep, I'll tell you anything to put the heat on somebody else. But I don't know. I just don't know. You uh, wouldn't want me to lie, would you? I'm not sure. In fact, I don't know whether you've been lying or not already. Get up! Are you Alahan? You're not hurt. Come on. Stay out of here, break it in here and smack me around, Worth. What's gotten into you? On your feet. Going crazy or something? You walk in here and start slugging without saying a word. You took a shot at me while I was talking to Vance an hour ago. Well, didn't you? I don't know what you're trying. Cut it out, will you? You see? Let's have some straight answers then. You did try to kill me, didn't you? I didn't try to kill you. I just tried to scare you off. From what? From telling Vance anything that he might turn upside down. Now, now we're getting somewhere. You killed the boss, didn't you, Hallahan? Don't be silly. 
We found you bending over the body, didn't we? Now, you tried to stop me from telling Vance that perhaps I saw you in Meeker's office a few minutes before his murder. Did you see me? No, of course not. In that case, I guess I wasted the shot I fired in the air. You see, I thought you'd try to crawl out of a murder charge by putting me on the spot. That shot was just a warning, let's say. As to what's going to happen in case you try anything as silly as that. Now, here's where Mr. Meeker should have been sitting, Markham. I imagine that's right, Vance. He's working in his shirt sleeves, as usual, when all of a sudden... Vance, look out. Okay, this time I got you, Vance. This fight... You didn't have to be that realistic, Sergeant Heath. It's all right, Arkham. I'm not hurt. Heath was carrying out orders. I wanted to see how Mr. Meeker might have been killed. Only it didn't happen that way. This little demonstration proves he wasn't stabbed by anybody coming up in back of him. That's fine. That's fine. There are so many things we don't know on this case. I guess that's something to be thankful for. Look, why don't I grab this guy Worth and get this thing over with? One reason is, Heath, that he didn't kill Meeker. Now, let me see. If the killer didn't come in back of his victim, he came from the front. Jeez. Or the sides. There are doors at both sides of this office. Or the sides. In either event, front or sides, Meeker saw him, guessed his purpose, and... Markham, I've got it. What have you got? The reason for the torn bill. I know why it's valuable now, and I think I know who has it. Do you also know why your client, Mr. Worth, wouldn't tell you anything about it? Not yet, but I will in a minute. Bring that buzzer in front of you, please, Mark. You want the girl from outside? Yes. Very well. Gentlemen, I'm nowhere nearer to finding out who our murderer is than I was. But I guarantee I have the rest of this case solved. What rest, Vance? In a murder case, all you gotta do is find the murderer. Or maybe I'm wrong. You're right, Heath. But knowing the reason for murder sometimes helps. Somebody want me in here? Yes, I do. Please come in. Okay, here I am. What's going on that I should know about? Miss, see if I have this situation correct. Both Jeff Hallahan and David Worth were in these offices somewhere when Mrs. Meeker came to call on her husband. That's right. You didn't buzz Mr. Meeker or call him. You just let her walk on through. Right again. She found Worth bending over the body. He claims he heard Mr. Meeker fall and came running in. Jeff Hallahan came in here later. Now, that was the picture, wasn't it? Sure was. Good. Now, tell me one thing more. What was Mr. Worth's job? Job? Yes. He took care of everything inside. Had charge of the books, the money, everything. That's all I wanted to know. Markham, get an auditor to work on the books of this company at once. You think he'll find something wrong? Definitely. That means that Worth was stealing. His boss caught him, so he killed his boss. Right, Vance? No, Heath, it isn't right. Not entirely right, that is. I think Worth was stealing. But whether Meeker caught him or not, I don't know. And there was one other thing wrong with what you said, too. Yeah? What was that? Worth didn't kill Mr. Meeker. I told you that before. Whoever the killer is shot at my client last night when I was with him. We're narrowing down our suspects, Markham. But we have a very difficult situation to unravel. No question about that. That half of a dollar bill, that should provide the solution. You say you know who has it. Yes, but knowing who has it and getting it before it's destroyed are two different things. Say nothing about the bill to anybody, please. Perhaps a dollar bill doesn't go as far today as it once did. But this one is going to go a long way towards solving our mystery. This is District Attorney Markham. 
The Meeker murder case opened with the finding of the body of John Meeker, business executive, night in his office. Suspects include his wife, his assistant, David Worth, and an office worker, Jeff Hallahan, who we suspect was friendly with Meeker's young wife. Arlo Vance entered the case when Worth came to him to urge him to find the other half of a torn dollar bill. But while Vance says he knows why the half is valuable, we do not. At the moment, Sergeant Heath is in my office giving me a report on the books of the Meeker Company and Vance... Here it is, D.A. Lowdown on the Meeker Company books. Somebody's been systematically robbing them for months. And according to everything we could find, it could only be one man doing it. That must mean David Worth. Right. Vance said he suspected that was what Worth was doing. And I said that old man Meeker must have caught him at it. So Worth killed him. You remember that? Yes. But Vance is sure that Worth isn't the killer. Well, so what? I'm sure that he is. I'm going to lock him up. No, no, no. Not yet, Heath. Vance told me there would be a development on the case tonight. We'll just wait till we see what that development is before we make an arrest. <laughs> Now, look, Worth, I'm not going to stand here talking to you all night. I know the story of the dollar bill. What I want from you is corroboration. I've got nothing to say. Only believe me, Vance, I didn't kill Meeker. Tell me the story of the bill. You said you knew it. All right, if you want it that way. You went into Meeker's office and found him dead on the floor. In his hand was the dollar bill. You tried to get it out of his hand and you tore it. Right so far? Go ahead. Mrs. Meeker came in then. She ran over to the body and screamed. Hallahan came rushing in. And all three of you stood over the body. You take it from there. Well, that's all I know. When I had a moment before the police came, I looked for the second half of the bill. The one that was in the boss's hand. But uh, it was missing. Either Mrs. Meeker or Hallahan took it, eh? I suspected as much. But I know why everyone was so interested in the half of the bill in the dead man's hand. Now that what I suspected has been proven true, I think we're on the way to a showdown. You mean to tell me you know why the other half of the bill has such value? Definitely. But don't be surprised, Worth. It was just a matter of logic and deduction. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to call Markham. The finger is pointing to the murderer, all right. And I have a way to make him show his hand. I think I understand, Vance. They're not to know who's calling, but I'm to phone Worth and Hallahan and Mrs. Meeker and give them that message. Give it to them just this way, Mark. Say that the police know where the missing half of the dollar bill is. That it's in the home of one of them and that I have promised to have it by nightfall. I've got that and I'll do it. Then what? Then I want you to have men following each of the three suspects. It's very important I know where they spent the hour after you give them my message. There goes that young fellow Worth, high-tailing it to his house here. Yeah, Michael. He must have grabbed a cab as soon as he finished giving him Vance's message on the phone. Come on, let's check with the men we had following Hallahan and Mrs. Meeker. Then we've got to report to Vance. I don't get it, D.A. We give out an anonymous tip to three people that there's half of a dollar bill in one of their apartments. So that's supposed to mean something. Well, it doesn't. Not to me. But then, I'm not Philo Vance. Come in. 
Thank you. Here's your report. When we gave Mrs. Meeker, Hallahan, and Worth your message about the missing half of the bill being in their homes, Worth and Hallahan immediately left their office. And went straight home. Went straight home and rummaged through their rooms. Heath and I saw Worth do it from outside his apartment, and one of Heath's men saw Hallahan do the identical thing in his place. What about Mrs. Meeker? Well, now, that's a funny thing, Vance. She did absolutely nothing. Went shopping and to a movie. Well, that proves that she has the missing half, anyhow, and that she carries it with her. That would be the only reason she didn't dash home to look for it. In other words, the other two, Worth and Hallahan, thought the incriminating half of the dollar bill, if it is incriminating, had been planted in their room. Right. Mrs. Meeker knew the message was a trick, inasmuch as she had the missing half all the time. Vance, suppose she does have the half bill, as you insist. How does that fit in with your theory? She's the one I suspected had it. Now, I know. That means she's our murderer? No, Markham. Doesn't mean that at all. Well, then what is all this? It's the solution, Markham. Just be on hand at your telephone so that you can call me at exactly 10 o'clock tonight at Jeff Hallahan's apartment. When you call, don't mind a single thing I say to you. Well, Vance, which one of us talks first? You've been here a half hour and you've said nothing since you said good evening. You're lucky, Mr. Hallahan. You don't know how boring my conversation can be. I'm not going to find out either. If you want nothing here, Vance, either you get out or I will. Well, since you put it that way, I'll get it. Uh, sorry, I'll answer it, Mr. Hallahan. I'm expecting a call. Vance speaking. Vance, this is Markham. I'm calling you as per schedule. Now, what? Oh, Mrs. Meeker. Yes, I expected you to call. Mrs. Meeker? There are so many things about this case I don't know. Now I don't even know who I am. No, the morning will be time enough, thank you. Just uh, bring it to my office in the morning. I've been waiting a long time to see that other half of the bill. I've been waiting a long time to find out what this is all about. Personally, I think I'm much prettier than Mrs. Meeker, don't you, Vance? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Meeker. You've been very helpful. Thank you. In the morning at my office, then. Good night. Now, let's see, Hallahan. Where were we again? We were about to decide... We were about to decide who was to leave, you or me. Well, I've decided. You stay as long as you like. I'm getting out of here. I tell you, Jeff, you're crazy. I never called Vance at any time, much less half an hour ago. Oh, don't give me that. I heard what he said, and I know why you called him. You intend to give him that half of the dollar bill. Oh, Jeff. The half you took out of your husband's hand after he was dead. Will you listen to reason? I tell you, I didn't call him. I'm listening, but that's not reason. Uh, you figure you'll crawl out of this by blaming the whole thing on me. And you have the proof that I killed your husband on that torn bill. But you're not giving it to Vance in the morning. You're giving it to me right now. Jeff, let go of me. Let go. Give me the bill. Give it to me so I can destroy it. I'm not trying to let you have that over my head all my life. If I give it to you, will you let go of me, Jeff, will you? Give me the bill, Helen, and stop stalling. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's in my purse. I've been carrying it with me ever since I took it. Right over here, I'll get it. Oh, no, you don't. If it's in the purse, I'll get it. People have been known to keep guns in purses, you know. Ah. Now, we're about to... Oh, I got it. Pretty half a dollar bill. Most beautiful half-a-dollar bill in the world with the ugliest words written on it. Now, give me a match, Helen. There's a lighter in the purse. Yes, so there is. Now, uh, You'll give me the bill and the purse, Mr. Hallahan. Thanks. Yes. How'd you get in here? I knew you'd come right here after our little chat, so I followed you. 
I anticipated your coming here as early as this afternoon when I obtained a passkey of this apartment. Let me have the bill. Use the lighter, you fool. Yes, yes, the lighter. Sorry, but you don't have money to burn, Hallahan. Well, now we'll see. Well, Mrs. Meeker, there's your boyfriend. In his hand is the half of the dollar bill. The answer to this entire case. What about it? So you'll find that Jeff killed my husband. That doesn't concern me at all. I wouldn't say that. I think it does. I think you planned it all. But that's for a jury to decide. Vance, how did you know there was something on the other half of that dollar bill? How did you know it was Jeff who killed my husband? You had to know that. Or you wouldn't have staged the phone call Jeff told me about. I knew, believe me. Uh But how I knew will have to remain with me. Until I tell it to District Attorney Markham. Just let me sit at Mr. Meeker's desk again, Markham, and I'll give you the whole murder story and show you what happened. Right ahead, Vance. I'm very anxious to hear. I wouldn't be human if I didn't tell you that I'm very anxious to give you the details. Well, we'll start from here. Meeker is sitting at this desk in his shirt sleeves. He has a fountain pen and pencil clipped to his right trouser pocket. Yes, I noticed that's where he carried them on that picture on the office wall. That's where I saw them, too. And that's what led me to the solution of the crime. While Meeker was at his desk, the door on the left opened and Hallahan stood there with a gun in his hand. Meeker was killed by a knife. I know. I'll get to that later. There was Meeker sitting at his desk, his hands deep in his trouser pockets. Warning him against moving or making an outcry, Hallahan made his way up to his victim. But Meeker, with his pencil in his right trouser pocket, the most men carry their money, was able to scrawl an indictment against Hallahan on a dollar bill. Undoubtedly. He could do all that without taking his hand out of his pocket, so Hallahan never knew. Now the killer shifted the gun to his left hand. He drew a knife, which was just as deadly, and a whole lot quieter than a gun. I see. Now, Meeker had time to write the word killer and Jeff on the dollar bill, then. Yes. He then tried to get up to defend himself, but Hallahan was too quick. He killed Meeker and left the room with Meeker's body on the floor. As the dead man fell, his hand came out of his pocket with the dollar bill clenched in it. Then we know what happened. Worth came in, saw the bill, tried to get it out of the dead man's hand, but tore it. He had seen some writing on the part still in Meeker's hand, but couldn't make it out. What he thought it might be, of course, was a statement by Meeker that he, Worth, had been stealing. Anyhow, Mrs. Meeker came in, and it was she who managed to get the missing hat. And kept it as a weapon to get young Hallahan to do whatever she liked. Hmm. Quite involved, wasn't it, Vance? A bit, but it's all very simple now that we have our confessions. And I think that's the end of our work in this office, Markham. The end of our work in this office and on the Meeker murder case.
Welcome back. I had to laugh a little bit at Vance's inflation joke at the start of the episode. I am finding references to inflation in old-time radio to be a little uh, cathartic in a weird way with the times we're going in. And then I really had to chuckle at this, that beautifully cheesy line where that he was about to destroy the half of the dollar bill and Vance said you don't have money to burn. That is the type of cheesy line that really does appeal to me. I did find myself, you know, somewhat usual for this show, a little dubious at the solution, the idea that a guy could write out a clue with his hand in his pocket I'm just having trouble grasping that. I, I, I can't help but think that some of these programs might have been improved by the writers actually uh, trying to physically do the things that they were saying that characters did. Except for, you know, obviously not the dying or being poisoned or stabbed parts. But if you could just have them do all the other parts, I kind of feel like this would flow a little better. Well, listener comments and feedback now. And Derek uh, writes in... Uh, regarding the episode The Black Gold Murder Case, I know you said Andrew cleaned up this week's file of ants. Please pass uh, it along. He did a great job. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to comment on that, uh, Derek, and uh, I really you know, appreciate all that Andrew does, too, and for folks uh, recognizing it. Because we wouldn't sound nearly as good as we do without the efforts he puts into it. I mean, I can do some very basic audio editing. Insert a clip, copy-paste, de-amplify, add a bit of silence, maybe a little bit of fade-in, fade-out. But that's about the limit of it. So again, Andrew is able to do more to make things sound better, if at all possible. And Philo Vance has been giving him some challenges these past few weeks, no doubt. Also from Krista regarding the Black Gold murder case. Uh, my favorite quote, people have such an unhealthy relationship to homicide. I've often thought the same about Philo Vance, but in this episode, it is especially egregious. The eagerness of Vance and Markham for a murder is disturbing. Thank you for your great commentary, Adam. Well, thank you so much, Krista. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day, and I do want to go ahead and thank Greg. Greg's been one of our Patreon supporters since March of 2019, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Greg. And that will do it for today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so with your favorite podcast software, whether it's Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. If you are enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video you're watching, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All those things that really do help the channel grow. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but check in with us tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Man, that's sure a goner. Yeah, there's another one you can write off. You can say... Oh, oh, there's Len Borchard over there. Didn't know he'd be down here so quick. Let's hear what he's got to say. Yeah, sure. Hi, Lieutenant. You got down here right fast. Seems reasonable to you, Mr. Connors. 
Not that there's much I can do before she cools down. I won't be before morning. I'd like you to meet Johnny Dollar, Lieutenant, one of our investigators from the East. Johnny, this Lieutenant Lamborghi. Glad to know you, Lieutenant. Looks like our firebug didn't waste any time showing himself off to you, Mr. Dollar. No question about it being torched. Well, like I said, I won't be able to get in there until morning. But when you figure the pattern, the way that fire roared up and took hold, no doubt in my mind. Who reported it? A fellow by the name of Hendrickson. At the second floor apartment west. Called in from a hallway telephone. What kind of a story did he give you? He didn't. Got trapped up there on the second floor. Suffering third degree burns and shock. He's not in any shape to talk to anyone. Don't know that I care to be around when he is fit to talk, though. Oh, why is that? His wife and two kids. They're still in that fire somewhere. Jeff Connors went back to the office to wire his preliminary report to Hartford while I stayed around to see if anything would turn up. By 1.30 a.m., the only thing we learned was that our only possible witness, Hendrickson, had died en route to the hospital. A preliminary check of the record seemed to indicate that the fire had started in the basement. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.